Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I was thinking about that episode of The Vicar of Dibley. Yeah. You remember the one where the BBC was, gave them a satellite radio station for like a, like a week and they, everybody had a little show and the super boring little guy Frank had his own hour of talking mm -hmm. and uh, it was called Frank Talking. Right, It was yes. listed as Frank Talking, but that was also his last name was Talking <laughs> and so he felt the need to be like... Well, it's not just me talking, but it is what I'll be doing. Without, you know, uh, right. And then the first thing he said, like when he gets on, was like, "I knew I was gay when <laughs> I was sixteen, and there was this beautiful farmhand named Justin, and it was like this most beautiful." By the end, it kind of, of course, skips over what of he talks about, but but um, it shows the vicar, and she's just like wrapped in rapt attention at the end. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about him was he was always, like, the boring, like, right, yeah. the fuddling little guy. And and uh, sometimes I think that this show might be a little like that. <laughs> <laughs> An hour of you and I talking to ourselves, entertaining ourselves. Because oh, at yes. the end it turns out nobody listened to him. Yes. We actually yeah. do have some listeners. Oh. We do actually get downloads. Hello, six of you. On average, we have been getting anywhere from 28 to 48 per episode through podcast.com. Now, we oh. do not know what we're getting for iTunes downloads because no. iTunes doesn't share that information. People do listen. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased that people listen. So, uh, a few people watched tonight's episode of The Walking Dead, I hear. Oh, you hear? I hear. I hear tell. Uh, for those of you um, who are not a want, well... <laughs> I assume you know what show you're listening to. This is Zompocalypse yeah. Now. Zompocalypse Now. I'm Tim. And this is Dustin. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, no. Did I get it wrong again? How does this mean I don't get to leave and go back to a nice, quiet apartment? <laughs> no, no, you have to stay here with the children. No. This is Dustin over here. I'm Tim. Ah. Right. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, tonight is the 100th episode mm -hmm. of The Walking Dead. It's not the 100th episode of Zompocalypse Now. I honestly have no idea what number we are at. Well, we started the podcast last year because we tried videos and those stunk on ice. And so we switched to the podcast format um, last year sometime. So I would, but, but we do one weekly. So it's got to be over 50. Oh, it's well over 50. We're watching also on Silent, instead of Rick and Morty tonight, we're watching The Talking Dead. Uh, live on the television and Melissa McBride is so beautiful you guys she's got this like her hair is like swept and it's very nice and also the lady who plays Alicia is like all breasts like legitimately only breasts I don't know how it happened oh it's Beth and Herschel Beth's dressed like Harley Quinn. What is happening? <laughs> well, we don't actually number our podcasts, so I'll have to take a look at that and oh. see 
Uh, I have to do an actual count of yeah. how many podcasts we've actually done. But yes, we started the podcast. We started the, this doing as a written review. Then we went to video, and they they weren't terrible. Hmm. They just weren't good. They they were pretty bad. Okay, they, they were, were pretty yeah. bad. We were, the videos were not great. We're not we're not meant for video. Yeah. Uh, so that we are here we are with the podcast. So hundredth episode of of The Walking Dead. Last week was Fear the Walking Dead. Since, yes, uh, season finale. Um, Which was not terrible. It, it was, was not fine. terrible. And this episode wasn't terrible either. My God, who her stylist must be like, oh, you know, I, I think Chris Harvey's even saying something about it. Did you come in cosplay? What's happening? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I was distracted for a minute. No, that's quite all right. Uh, so yeah, I, this is the eighth season of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and we talk periodically about how long we think the show has been, uh, how much time has been passing yes. for the characters in universe, and the actual most recent numbers are about 18 months. Mm, really? That's what we're hearing. Really? That's what we're hearing. So uh, that seems a little... Curious to me, I think we're closer to 20 months, 22, 24. No, it's been years. Did you see Judith this episode? I'm thinking Judith is like two myself, but you know, whatever. I just, I don't, yeah, just, it's time and space on The Walking Dead don't make any sense. Well, it might also do the, it might also do the, the, uh, the soap opera thing where it's like, Oh, little Timmy went went off to boarding school, and then eighteen months later, you know, Tim comes back from boarding school, <laughs> and he's played by an actor twenty years older than the actor who played little Timmy, and you know, his mother is only ten years older than him in real life. Like, that's one of the fun things I used to like about soap operas when it was like, oh, the 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 tween character like runs up the stairs, and then the twenty five year old character <laughs> runs down them. Yeah, um, this is. This season is the war. Yes. This is a big arc in the comic book where uh, the hilltop, Rick and... Alexandria and the kingdom. Kingdom, Alexandria, the hilltop. Take on the saviors. And I guess now the trash people. Right. Because the trash people... Now, there was a explanation of a kind given for the reason the trash people talk that way. Oh, really? uh, I think it was New York Comic Con. It didn't make any sense to me. This arc in the comic is is really pivotal, and it for a comic book and a show that is built entirely on we are the last survivors of humanity, and every people we were the last good survivors of humanity, and everyone we meet is terrible and awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the big, big battle. This is right, the, right. The, and ironically, like this is when I stopped like. Right before All Out War, like, I think I stopped reading the comic book at, like, 95. Mm-hmm. So I occasionally will pick one up just to see where we are in the comic book universe. But I honestly, I stopped reading it years and years ago. Yeah. So it's, this is a major con- conflict of ideologies here. Now, the writers have talked about this, and we've talked about this on the show, is that if you had followed Negan from his beginning all the way to here, mm-hmm. you, you would, in theory, be rooting for Negan. Because right. here's these horrible people who come in and who are attacking him. Um, but we didn't. We followed Rick. And we are have been aware for quite some time that all of Rick's characters, all the people in Rick's group and the expanded group, they're all flawed people. They're mm-hmm. all damaged people. But they do have this idea that hope needs to be a thing. Right. And... There's a ruthlessness to Negan and 
this whole savior ideology that is even if we were supposed to be rooting for Negan mm -hmm. there's always that level of god he's kind of an ass right and I was thinking about this this week as they um, as they attacked the main savior compound where mm -hmm. all the like plebes live right um, and I was like I guess serfs the serfs live <laughs> yeah. the main main compound where the main dudes live like the main right. little guys and, like, I was thinking about stuff like, you know, there were probably just, like, janitors on the Death Star. Yeah. You know? It's people who, like, we know our boss is a dick, but we get a paycheck. <laughs> you know? and This is just my job, man! Well, I, I mean, got a mortgage! Look at, yeah. look at Eugene. He's a perfect example of, like, there. he's one of those people. Of course, he's ended up high in the ranks really super fast. Well, yeah. But, you know, he's somebody who's like, oh, yeah, this is my best chance for protection. And now there's this huge war coming to our door. Like, legitimately, the end of the episode shows, like, hundreds and hundreds of zombies are descending down on the, on the factory that all these people live in. And I just think that, you know, I'm, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for these well yeah guys who didn't do anything except for years ago throw in with the wrong guy years ago <laughs> well and and the they threw in because they were under threat they were basically mm -hmm. given an ultimatum is do what we tell you or we'll take your stuff and probably kill you yeah and you know it's the it's the difference in ideology between let me provide i will i will provide you security at the cost of Freedom, Liberty. yeah. And here it's you know you can have freedom, um, you know, but we we have this this ethical human mercy handicap, yeah, which gets in the way occasionally. So the yeah, so the basic premise of the entire episode is the assault on Negan's compound, right? Now there are a number of time jump moments throughout the episode where we get. Uh, Rick at looks like three different places. Yeah, we've got right before the battle. Right, right before the battle starts, giving the 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 big speech. Mm -hmm. At some point during the battle, it's sweaty Rick. It's sweaty, disheveled Rick. Red eyed. Which, and... Yeah, which you know lets you know that something has gone wrong at some point. And then gauzy. I wouldn't even say old man Rick because in the, that is like Judith looks six or seven years old, so it's only like five or six years from now. But this looks like fantasy future Rick. This yeah. is not. I don't the, the the Rick with the beard in the future I don't, is not a thing. Right. This is this is a a vision or an his dream, the dream that he's looking forward to. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I also, as I was watching it, I was kind of thinking maybe. Maybe sweaty, disheveled Rick might be a dream as well. Well, there's also we see Rick standing by two graves mm -hmm. repeatedly, and well, that's Aben and uh, and Glenn's graves at the kingdom. Yes, that's what they should be. Yeah, but I was also thinking they might be a new set of graves that somebody in the course of the war will die, mm. and it will be somebody who is much, much closer to Rick. Now, there is a limited number of possibilities here. There's Daryl, Maggie, Michonne. Um, Carl. Yeah, I suppose he cares if Carl dies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cut your hair, Carl! Well, of the main 
of well, the okay. of season of the season season one cast, mm-hmm. it's only Rick, Carl, uh, Carol, Carol, and Daryl. Yeah, and Carol. They're the only ones left from the original cast, right? Um, so, if there's two new graves, and of course time is they're playing with time here intentionally, and so I was thinking that yeah, I think that's the graves of you know already already lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. But what if it's new? lost loved ones mm. so and then of course then you get the red-eyed because that's after they've died or whatever it is so there's stuff they're playing with and we'll see what happens with that um so we're jumping around in time and it's one of those editing tricks that on one hand is really effective for kind of giving you a sense of foreboding and mm-hmm. doom and it's also massively annoying yeah uh, because it takes you a minute to realize what's happening like at first like, there's the scene where Carol and uh, Tara are up on this overpass, timing walkers. Like, I guess they figured out that these walkers are stuck on the metro loop. I don't and, like, <laughs> pass you the same time, same place every day or something. Like, I don't know what that whole situation was, but they're like, you know, or maybe, but it's like, what's what's going on? But then you realize, like, no, they're not timing those walkers like, they expect those walkers every day, but they've been kind of following this herd, and they're timing so that it can coincide with the assault on the Savior's compound. Right, because they have to know how fast they're moving, mm-hmm. and how, if it's consistent enough that they can sit there and time it. Because, like, any assault, you want to have your timing be as right as possible. And knowing that things are going to go wrong, but if you if you're... If your main assault force yeah. is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of the undead, <laughs> uh, then you'd kind of want to yeah. know that when they're going to get there. I mean, it, it really sucks if you're like, and I will destroy you with my zombie hordes. Uh, In two to six hours <laughs> when the zombie horde arrives. <laughs> I don't see any zombie hordes. Not to mention we get a lovely uh, shot of Terra enjoying possibly the world's last Twizzler. Yes, definitely the world's last Twizzler. And we're looking at this going, where did she get a Twizzler? And... And it just sits there in her mouth the whole time. I said, ah, that's what it is. It's, it's fossilized. It's fossilized. She's just going to suck on that forever. Uh, but, yeah, so it's it's some of this time jump stuff is kind of confusing. But ultimately, by the end of the episode, the, the individual pieces of the plan become clearer. What Rick, what is happening to Rick in the future, however that breaks down, at what stage in this story these, these glimpses we've gotten yeah. are, whether they're dreams or... Or reality, uh, we're not there yet in terms of understanding what's happening. But there's looks like something tragic is going to happen. Of course, it's a war. Well, and it's also the Walking Dead. Well, something tragic happened already at the end of the episode. The dumbest thing of dumbness. So, okay. So they get there. They get to the place, right? And they kill a bunch of guards. And it's like... Okay, yeah. Let's talk about these sentries for a minute. (laughs) So Rick has a list. It's like the shopping list. Of all the different... The different um, outposts where different guards are stationed. Now, I was looking at this and thinking that this was an awfully small number of guards. Uh, these 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 sentries watching the various uh, access routes in. But as Dustin pointed out, they're not really trying to get everything all around. They're trying to make a hole. Right. And so there's really four of them that we encounter. And the first one we get is. Is it is was the guy on the pole the first one? Yeah, who's up on the on the deer stand on the what, looking at deer stand? And he's up there. And there's a there's a zombie down there, like 
pawed at the pole and pawed at the pole. And we're looking at him going, who is this? And suddenly there's this thook noise <laughs> and he just topples off. And then there's another guy who's standing there and and his suddenly he's like, oh, there's a knife through his chest and then he's dead. <laughs> and there's another guy who's sitting there smoking a cigarette on a car with a big gun and suddenly... You know, hands are tied and grab him. Yeah, pull it back, and Daryl walks into frame with his gun. Yeah, so I was like, "Where did they pick these sentries?" And they're just like, "Well, Cleve keeps getting attacked by walkers that are walking walk right up in front of him. Might as well put him on a sentry post." These are the worst lookouts ever. I don't care how stealthy our heroes are; these guys are just like. They're all looking in the wrong direction at the right time. Right. It's just so, so, um, I mean, it's, okay, yes, this is how this works, right? I and mean, when you, when you take out a sentry, you get around behind them or whatever, mm-hmm. and then, but it looks, looks so silly. Yeah. <laughs> like they picked the worst five guys. Let's send the dumbest five guys out to watch. They'll no be one fine. From Nobody the east will side. go from the east. Yeah. So it's, uh, in the process of this, Daryl does pick up a really cool gun. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, foreshadowing. And and he looks ahead, and there's this... You can see all these walkers are coming in, and as this... As this they're basically taking out the people who are... Uh, be capable, capable of warning anybody about this right. giant herd of walkers. Now, a couple, of th- couple problems here with this whole sentry structure is that these guys are on their own. They have no backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sheer number of people who are involved with the saviors, they could actually afford to have two people two, watching. Two here. or three, like and, at a post, the outpost should have like two or three people at them. And quite frankly, you know, this is really poor planning. How do they go? How do I mean? How like okay, all right. Say that say that they miss the sentry at the deer stand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how does he like tell the next guys? Like, is there a flare gun? Is there a how does he tell the next guys? Are there walkie-talkies? Yeah. What, what's the deal here? So, yeah, it's it's a cool little bit. It shows our heroes being badass and takes care of the thing. But it's one of those things. Do not stare directly yeah, at these things. Right. It doesn't make any it's, sense. Yeah, if you think about it too much, which is almost our job. It is. It is our job to think about this way too much. Uh, so, uh, we have dramatic speeches. Uh-huh. Everybody gets to make one. So Rick gets up and says, this is our world. We, you know, it's our world by world by right. Which is a dangerous thing to say, by the mm. way. Uh, that's often a, you know, a pride goeth before the fall moment. There. <laughs> won us an won an election last year. Yeah, I know. Um, but still, anyway, he does his spiel. Uh, and Maggie gets a spiel. Or those, hers, hers is short and to the point. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Ezekiel gets his spiel. Right. Which is dramatic and powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. And he who sheds blood with me shall be my brother, to mm-hmm. paraphrase the bard, or she who sheds blood with me shall be my sister. It's very dramatic and cool. Everyone's like, yeah, we're going to win. And it's like, okay, how many people are going to die? Yeah. So. Lots of people. Lots of people. Not yet. Not a lot of people yet. So anyway, they've also been like adding sheet metal to cars on just one side and Mm -hmm. Tim's like what's happening and I'm like I don't know maybe they're doing a thing and then we get there we find out they were they having like a 
like a they're made a, a wall for protection when they get to the savior. Now conference. I was thinking they were going to have be like a zombie wall. Like I to basically I thought that guide was a good plan. these, and because I'm like there's nothing there's the the metal is on the side, but there's nothing on top, which means that it, to some degree, if you have anybody firing from above, and a lot of the savior's compound is above, mm. and I'm like this doesn't seem like a very good plan. So they and it has to be a zombie barricade, right? We got this wallet. We got this, you know, giant crowd of zombies coming. Surely that's what it is. It's not. So, I I have to say that, despite the fact that you could certainly argue that the saviors are arrogant, mm-hmm. um, they have also just been basically chased away from Alexandria. Right. So, the ease in which our heroes. You know, they take out four sentries. They string up a tripwire to set up explosives to take out one of the car patrols. Right. And, uh, by the way, Dwight is on the inside of the Savior Compound. He's their inside man mm-hmm. with this. He's he's promised to bring Negan down. And so we'll see what happens with that. But it just struck me as a little odd that they were just so e eight. <laughs> T-Dog. Oh, wow. He's in the audience. <laughs> Put T-Dog in the audience. <laughs> Uh, he will now have more dialogue right. here than he had in an entire season of, yeah. of The Walking Dead. Ugh. I came and g- bought a ticket to the 100. And I wish I could be on stage with you guys. So down here. This is like an accusing finger, too. He's like. <laughs> Laura, Laura uh, couldn't even get in. She was. The guy who plays Herschel's. You know, Darabont told him he couldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so it seemed like really a little too easy for them to get in as far as they got. Yeah, I mean, taking out the sentries, taking out the car patrols. You'd think that with the way you know they just had this big confrontation between the Alexandrian people and their allies and Negan, and you'd think there'd be more security, but apparently not because mm. they pull up. Well, remember, the thing is not... I don't think the thing is that Negan... Negan's been running on basically bravado and bullying mm-hmm. for this whole... For for a while. I don't think he expects anyone to really stand up to him. And why would he... Why would he, you know, increase his forces? He just thinks he's got to regroup and go back and kick more ass in, in a couple of days. He doesn't think he's got to... He's got to worry about them bringing the fight to him. And you can tell even when he comes out, he's like, oh, you don't know what's heading your way. I know, Negan, I don't think you know. Negan's got a lot of confidence that he's he's like Rick Hubris turned up to 11. No, this is true. This is true. I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed a little too, I don't want to say too easy because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong with their plan. But at the same time, it felt a little too easy to me. Yeah. In any event, they pull up, uh, and they knock, mm-hmm. kinda. They basically just start opening fire, and well, they do one volley. Yeah. To let them know they're there, and I don't think they shot actually at the compound. No, no, they just shot up in the air, and so Negan comes out, and he's like, "Huh, sorry, I was in a meeting." Yeah. <laughs> and. So it's kind of like the array of the lieutenants. Yeah. 
And, uh, There's the the guy who was in charge of the hilltop. Right. He comes out, and then um, Dwight comes out, mm-hmm. and Eugene comes out, and some other the guy who was in charge of the kingdom. Right. He comes out, and then some lady. Mm-hmm. Who's like, and Rick's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm the lady. He's like, hi, how are you? Okay. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome, the lady. And Eugene's like, I, and Rick's like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, we know. We are so over with you. Right. <laughs> and, and Rick's like, okay, so you guys have a choice. You can surrender or die. Mm-hmm. And, and Negan's like, um, what? Like, like, yeah, I mean, this is your this is your choice, guys. Uh, you you know this is right now. Surrender or you're gonna die. And Negan's like, uh, what about me? And Rick's like, uh, we've had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we had this conversation twice. I done told you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Do I have to say it a third time? And, and Negan's like, oh, okay, sure. All right, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, Negan has no like concept he like i said he doesn't he operates almost like all on bravado and hubris yeah so he's sick he goes well you know you know i don't think you have as many people here as you think you do <laughs> it's my favorite part of the episode <laughs> and, and, and rick's like oh he's like and he goes and he calls out gregory from the <laughs> and gregory that's weasel god slimy weasley dick that he is he's like anybody here from the hilltop if you are we are with the saviors and if you don't go back to the hilltop you're not gonna have a house to go back to and maggie and jesus just look at each other and jesus is like girl please <laughs> he's like because i just have some books and a lobster bill yeah. <laughs> and everyone look and the other and she looks at the other people from hilltop and she goes do what you gotta do and they're all like eh we're good yeah. <laughs> and gregory's like <laughs> I don't know what he was expect. I mean, like, what did he expect? Did he expect everybody to go? Oh, golly, gee whiz! We, you know, we better just go on home then. Well, I think he is the kind of person who he will be brave until somebody challenges him, mm-hmm. or he will he will think that he is brave until someone challenges him, and so he'll sit there and go, "We're going to do this," and someone says, "No," and he's like, uh, "Well, well, well, we should do that." No. Well, I want to do that. No. Okay. Yeah. You know, and so he's he's not operating from a position of power. Right. He's never really been. He's been operating from a position of of arrogance. Right. And and just he he's a bully in his own right. And that was my favorite part is when you know he says. You know, the hilltop stands with Negan, and, and Jesus yells out, "The hilltop stands with Maggie." <laughs> and he's like, "Oops." <laughs> And then I have miscalculated. So the lieutenant who is look who watches over the hilltop looks at him and goes, You know, I've invested a lot of time and effort into you, and I feel like that's been wasted. <laughs> and he kicks him down the stairs. <laughs> oh. Oh. Mm. So Deegan's like, huh. And Rick's like, okay. Like, like I said, here's your chance. He goes, Oh, come on. Do I really need to give you a countdown? Fine. Ten, nine, eight, opens fire. And I'm like, that's not how you count. That is how you count. <laughs> but then he just, I mean, and that's where they cut to a commercial, so you don't know what he's shooting at. And But when they come back, everybody's dodging and running and running back inside. But they're not shooting at the guys on the platform. 
um, they're shooting up into the windows into the factory. Mm-hmm. So my question there is, what is happening on the inside of that factory? Obviously, we've got a ton of glass and bullets coming down. We don't see anybody but Negan and his, and his lieutenants in this episode mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the people inside the compound. And so we don't really have any kind of sense of how many people are inside that building. How many people just died from glass falling from the sky? How many people died from bullets that fell, arced down and fell? I mean, well, it's a pretty big building. You can probably yeah. go, how many ricochets? You know, so you know, this is the kind of thing that doesn't, you don't mm-hmm. think about this stuff in, in oh, look, fiction. It's, it's Lori. Oh, hey. I wonder what she has to say. I don't really care. I uh, wonder. She's, she's probably calling from uh, her set uh, on uh, yeah. Colony. Mm-hmm. So she's really good on Colony, by the way. It's just, you I, know, I, I, knew, wish I heard that she was really good also on um, on Prison Break for yeah. the first two seasons before they lost the thread of how to deal with her character. The fact is, is she, you know, for we and we gave Lori all the grief in the world mm-hmm. when, when she was on the show, but uh, it's just because she was written poorly. Yeah, it's not her. It's not. It's not Sarah Wayne Cayley's fault. Uh, she really is very good at Colony. I highly recommend that show. It's very interesting. Um, I'm not gonna watch it. Okay. Science fiction, uh, alien invasion show, with bullets raining down from the heavens. <clears throat> Everybody ducks back inside. And our bad guys. Uh, and then things go boom. They have they have taken an RV. Is it the RV? No, that the RV has been gone for. <laughs> I was like, we're, it's like we're going to bring the RV the, back to yeah, the grave. Yeah, the RV and, was destroyed on the. I know. Although it no, but like like if you remember, like a couple of uh, seasons ago, I think when they showed up at Alexandria, there was an RV there, and somebody laughed. Mm. Don't you remember? I think there was a moment oh, okay, like man. that. So they basically, they've armored up the RV and they have rigged it up with explosives and they mm-hmm. slam it through their gate and blow it up. So right. the compound has definitely been breached here. Mm-hmm. And so gunfire and explosions and things and, and Negan and Rick's basically got Negan pinned down. Right. And he's behind a piece of concrete and it's serving as a very effective barrier. But Rick is just like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep him. He's got to come out sometime. And but Gabriel's like, look, it's this is not about you and Negan. We need to we this part of our mission is over. Right. We need to go. Yeah. So Rick grabs a Polaroid camera, and <laughs> takes a picture, and we don't see the picture. And I want to see the picture because it's like you know, Negan cowering behind the the barricade. I guess is well, most... you know that picture is going to come back. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could use it for a lot of things. It'd be psychological warfare against the people inside the compound, mm-hmm. or all, and there's all kinds of things you could do with that. Or just sit there for Rick to pull it out and go, <laughs> and giggle in his sleep or whatever. Oh, hey, Michael Rooker. They're hop, they hop back in the cars. To go, to, to go. leave, because that's part of the mission is over. Because the zombies are coming. The walker horde is arriving. Right. They... Father Gabriel sees Gregory oh. trying to you know find a way to get away. And... <sighs> He's a priest first, and his main regret in life is that he let all of his parishioners die right. in a terrible, you know, he locked himself in the church and they were all eaten by walkers, and, you know, I get it, I get it, but it was just so f***ing stupid. It was so f***ing stupid, and it made me so angry. When you're trying to save someone who doesn't actually 
deserve to be saved. Mm-hmm. And for all that I compl- have complained, we've complained on this show about how there's such this this lack of value of people mm-hmm. as people in the world of The Walking Dead. It's, as much as that is true, every now and again you have a character, you just look at them and go, we don't need to save this one. Mm-hmm. And this could possibly, because I've been traumatized by crazy, terrible people on Fear of the Walking Dead. Right. But no, I think Gregory just, there's just no reason to save him. But Gabriel goes and tries. And... Is immediately double-crossed because Gabriel, because Gabriel's like, come on, wait a minute, I'll get you back to the truck. And Gregory's like, there's a truck? <laughs> and jumps up, runs and jumps in the truck and bugs out, leaves... Poor Gabriel there. Gabriel and uh, Rick and Daryl are waiting, and and Gabriel never shows up at the rendezvous point. And finally, they're like, well, he... Well, I guess it's time to go. Yeah, and Rick's like, he, he came... He, he got... Made sure that I I left when I needed to. He, he came after me, and, and it's not about me, though. Mm-hmm. So we gotta go. And so they get ready to go, and it cuts back to the compound. And Gabriel's like, I'm surrounded by lots and lots of dead people. This mm-hmm. is a problem. And runs and there's a door locked. And runs and there's a door locked. And runs into a trailer. Right. And it's unlocked. And he jumps inside. And he's not alone. Negan is in there. And Negan's like, are you wearing, have you got your shitting pants on? And Gabriel's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and Negan's like, the pants that you shit in. And Gabriel's like, is there a point? Oh. And Negan's like, because you are going to shit your pants. And Gabriel's like, oh, we are surrounded crap. by undead hordes. Can you possibly be less of a dick right now? Yeah. So he doesn't say any of these things. But he just looks at him. And, and you cut back and you see that the compound is basically knee deep in, in walkers. And of course the trailer is surrounded completely. So there's all these people inside who I think the people inside are probably actually inside the compound, inside the the factory itself are probably not in too much danger. Mm. It should be, I mean, because the entrances are off the ground. Uh, as far as we've we've seen, most of those entrances are off the ground, and uh, it's a concrete building. It's not right. exactly easy to break into. The trailer is a little more vulnerable, but that was it. It's only an hour long. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it's what we've been expecting. It's the it's the build. I mean, there were a few things that seemed a little too easy, like I said. But overall, I was I was I was pleasantly surprised that no one, like none of our main cast, unnecessarily died today. Yeah. You know, I felt there was a a a good chance that like you know, somebody could unnecessarily die because it is a season premiere. Um, well, we did it. Gabriel made an unnecessary but understandable decision. And that's right. that's the that's the dumbest move that anybody made. Well, aside from Gregory thinking yeah. that he, anyone was going to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a solid start to the season. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, grinding my teeth or, or shaking my fist at the screen going, Curse you, Walking Dead again! How very dare you! <laughs> so, How very dare. But yeah, solid, solid first uh, yeah. first episode for the season. 
lots of questions still left. I mean, right. it's just getting started. We're, we're talking about, I guess, the entire season is going to be the war, or certainly uh, that would make sense because it's a fairly it's a fairly sizable uh, Scott story. Gipple and uh, and Andrew Lincoln look like they could be brothers. They have similar shaped faces. I mean, Gimple's Gimple's ears stick out further, but they. Got... I, I said brothers. I didn't say twins. Yeah. Look yeah, at their, their noses are kind of the same kind of length and shape, and yeah, the haircuts are, are pretty similar too. He's like, I'm gonna take pictures. Prove I was on this show. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, that was the first episode of the season. Not bad. Um, did I tell you that I went and saw? Uh, boo to a Medea Halloween this weekend. Did you know? I did, and I have to tell you, it got three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Three percent. Okay. One, uh, I think Tyler Perry is an incredible businessman. Mm-hmm. He has done a remarkable job of building his career. He's got an empire. Right. I have never seen he a Tyler Perry make film. Any right, right to check. Like, I've seen, I've any seen movie him. He wants to make. I saw him in Star Trek, the Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. the, the one of the new Star Trek movies. He was in it, and I knew he made an Alex Cross film, mm-hmm. which got completely trashed by the critics. Mm-hmm. That's all I can tell you. I, I've never seen. Well, one of his he films. didn't. Ma- he didn't produce or anything. He was just hired to star in that. Mm. He wasn't part of the production at all. They just thought, you know, he was a big enough star that he could, they could get him, get people in. Oh, for the Alex Cross one? Yeah. yeah. Um, Tyler, the, yeah, you're right. He's incredible. He's, from what I understand, a horrible person. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, well, it used to be more horrible back when he was less famous, but like, you know, casting practices for his his films and plays were always terrible and mm. um so anyway uh but we went because the kids were very excited that it was a, a horror film that they could probably go and see and i have to tell you it was not that bad were you entertained i was entertained there were even parts where i laughed out loud okay um did the kids have a good time yes oh my god the kids died they died. It was amazing. They would scream and jump. And, like, I expected Jamila to, like, because she's five and this is a horror film. I expected her to, like, run into my lap and be like, oh, no. But, no, she loved it. And um, so Tyler, it, it it failed in that way that you know how some, some filmmakers, like, their words or the things they think are funny are just so precious. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. That they can't um, cut or, rem- like, get, you know, that was the problem. Right, yeah. It was two full hours long. It was, well, no, it was a hundred and, uh, oh, there she, there she is. Uh, it was, um, it was a hundred and eleven minutes long. Could have been... A good 90-minute movie. Like, perfect 90-minute comedy, horror comedy. But instead it was, you know, 40 minutes of added filler. A bunch of old people. People that aren't even actually old, just dressed to make them look old. Right, yeah. Two of which are played by Tyler Perry, sitting around in the living room telling sex jokes. Mm-hmm. An old person joke. This could be, I, you know, I just, I've never had seen the appeal of any of his films. But again, I've seen, good on him, more, more than you would think. 
fuck those. Yeah, I just, I don't know. So, yeah, okay. All right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking myself. I to thought see that. I would throw a little review since I saw it. Yeah, sure. Saw Thank it you. out. You know, they're always over grandiose, moralized. Moralized. It's always about family. Of it's course. your family. Oh my. Um. So you know. Uh. Yeah. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Well, thank Madea you. Madea 2, Boo 2, <laughs> Madea Halloween is, you could take is the kids. not as terrible as it could possibly have been. That is a ringing endorsement. I'm sure they'll put that on the next poster. Not as it. terrible as it could have been. <laughs> we'll submit that for the DVD review release. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you folks for listening to this week's Is on Apocalypse Now. We will be back next week with the second episode of this season. And a fairly sizable announcement. That we will also be making mm-hmm. next week, just so you know, a little heads up, it'll build our own anticipation there. And um, we hope that you'll join us again for that. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, folks, for listening to this week's Zompocalypse Now. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>